Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are on the air. Hour number two. Welcome in everybody over on the, uh, the network side. Over the air. We are on YouTube. We are uh, also on Facebook Live. We are on Twitch. We are on Twitter. We are on the app. We are uh, on uh, all the podcasts. I mean, we're everywhere. We're like the wind or a bad fart. One of the two, depending on how you look at your life. Uh, joining us now, not to uh, bring him in after the bad fart comment, but uh, our buddy Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us. At Mark Schofield, you can find him. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Always great to be with you. And, you know, any way you want to introduce me, bad farts, yes, no, that doesn't matter. I'm always happy to be here. <laughs> Uh, well, I would never do that to you because you're you're so much far uh, above that. So uh, I do want to start out by talking about this game in London. Teams that travel to London, is there a, a – a, do you notice any trend for teams that win versus teams that lose? I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's a hard bounce back to travel that distance, lose a game, and then, you know, you have to come back and, you know, regroup after that. And so – you know, I think especially with the way that game finished with a double doink at the end, it might be hard for New Orleans to sort of make a bounce back after that. They've obviously got some issues that they have to sort out. Uh, but I think generally speaking, look, it's nice to see the growth of the game globally, but that's a tough, tough, you know, schedule. That's tough. And now obviously Green Bay faces it this week with, you know, the trip overseas to play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against the New York Giants. And so, you know, I, I like to see the growth of the game overseas, but it is a tough schedule for teams, particularly if you go over there, you lose, and now you've got to come back and sort of regroup in the aftermath. The uh, the, the Packers leaving tomorrow after a practice today, uh, you know, they want to take it in. They want to get themselves acclimated and such. But really, we were just discussing, this kind of comes down to the ability to stop Barkley uh, the Packers' run defense has not been good by any stretch of the imagination when you look at the numbers and the rankings. Uh, but then again, uh, the, the Giants aren't good at really running the football. They're 21st in the National football, football League. The Packers do run the ball extremely well. So talk to me about a little bit about this game and what you see as far as philosophically going into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think run game, run defense is going to be a big part of the story, particularly with the Giants' quarterback situation. Tyrod Taylor dealing with a head injury. Daniel Jones was knocked out of that game with an ankle injury. They've signed some quarterbacks in the practice squad. And so I think that coupled with the success that Saquon Barkley has had this year, overall the run game numbers are what they are. You just walked us through it. Barkley has been effective this year, but I think with questions about the passing game in New York, the run game is going to be big for them. And so then stopping the run is obviously going to be critical. Barkley has been extremely effective this year. He seems to be completely healthy again, inside zone, outside zone, wide zone, variety of different run schemes. You're seeing vision, you're seeing power and burst again. So he is that kind of dynamic weapon right now that people thought he was going to be coming out of Penn State. And you saw on, on Sunday when, you know, everybody knew when they were down to their third string quarterback, a rookie, that the Patriots were going to really lean into the run game. They were still able to run the ball. And so that little tension there between the Giants run game and what the Packers can do stopping the run is going to be a big part of this. But, you know, then I think you look at provided Green Bay can put some points on the border, board early, sort of change the game script into their favor, this game will certainly tilt their way. If you could force the Giants to be a one-dimensional passing team because you've gotten out to a lead and force whether it's Davis Webb or a hobble Daniel Jones or whoever's taking the snaps to have to win the ball with their arm, I think that would be a huge, you know, step towards a victory. 
So some of the other games coming up that I wanted to get into as much as uh, we want to analyze the Packers, you got a couple of good ones coming up on the docket this weekend. Obviously, it starts in the AFC North, Cincinnati on the road, taking on the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens secondary, not good. Joe Burrow is, and it, they're starting to feel it. In the meantime, Lamar Jackson is having a hell of a season. They just don't have a defense that can give him consistent support. Talk a little bit about that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're going to see in that game is a tension that we've seen at times when these two teams have met over the past couple of years, sort of that, you know, when they lead into their pressure schemes, when they lead into the sort of the, the blitz stuff that the Ravens have done at times to generate pressure, how well will Burrow and that offensive line hold up? I think that's one of the first things to look at. You know, Burrow has had success against in years past when Baltimore has gone through those pressure schemes and getting the ball out quickly, making some checks at the line of scrimmage and finding ways to beat that. So that's one thing certainly to look at. Another thing to look at is how do you stop? How do you slow? How do you minimize what Lamar Jackson can do? Because he has been so dynamic this year, throwing, running, the variety of ways he can beat you as a quarterback. You know, what is Cincinnati going to do to counter that? Do they dedicate, you know, a spy to him? On every down, on certain downs, do they play a lot more zone coverage? You know, how are they going to defend Lamar Jackson? That's one of the tougher riddles that defensive coordinators have to solve right now in the NFL. So that's certainly something to look at. And then I think there's a, a, a philosophical thing with the Ravens in the aftermath of that game against Buffalo. We saw the fourth down decision, the decision to forego the field goal, the short field goal, and try to put the ball in the end zone to – you know, make Josh Allen have to go down the field and score a touchdown to beat you. That touched off on the sideline. Marcus Peters, you saw him be frustrated. There's been a lot of discussion about that decision. How do the Ravens approach similar decisions, Just not just this week, but going forward? Will you see them decide to take the points in situations like that? Will you see them remain as aggressive in fourth-down situations and put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands? Which, generally speaking, with the way Jackson has been playing, it's a pretty good proposition when you do that. But that's curious part to this Raven season that I'm going to be watching not just this week, but this week and beyond. The uh, the news comes out that there is this uh, situation, obviously, in the personal life of Tom Brady, the possibility of divorce. Now his season is sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They're not happy with the way things have gone. They've got what seems to be a easier team coming into Tampa Bay and the Falcons, but things are not going well down in Tampa. And for what they thought they would be to where they are, what does this team need to get back? Is it just as simple as getting your Evans back and getting, getting Godwin back and getting everybody back on the field, or what is it? Yeah, I, I think that's certainly part of it, Bill. I mean, you look at the injuries that they've had already, you know, that's been part of it. They can't find that consistent rhythm in the passing game. I also think it's, you know, we need to sort of revisit earlier in the season, earlier in training camp when Ryan Jensen went down. They've had some injuries in the interior of that offensive line. And, you know, interior pressure is always tough for a quarterback to deal with, regardless of who it is, but particularly with Tom Brady, who, again, wants to be that timing and rhythm thrower and, Part of the reason I think you're missing that timing and rhythm in the passing game, in addition to the injuries, is that now interior pressure that you're seeing. But, you know, they've just played two tough teams in Green Bay and Kansas City. Now they're entering a, a stretch of their schedule, which I think is a bit more favorable. They got Atlanta, Pittsburgh with a new rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett making his, that will be his second start. Um, and then you get Carolina after that, three easier winnable games. Um, so I think you're going to see a bit of a rebound, but, the rhythm is missing from the passing game, and now you add in this extra layer of where, where Tom Brady seems to be going through in his personal life. 
there's a lot of, like Tom Brady said, you know, when he came back from his mid-trading camp sort of hiatus, there's a lot of stuff going on in his life right now that he's trying to navigate as he, let's not forget, tries to play quarterback at the age of 45. The uh, the West is not great by any the AFC West. We thought the AFC West was going to be so much better. You, you finally get a win for the uh, for the Raiders who are going to be playing Kansas City this week. Kansas City, by the way, looks to be back on track. And all of a sudden, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling looks like a, a real receiver working with Patrick Mahomes from what we saw here in Green Bay. But that being said, it, the West was supposed to be this juggernaut. Uh, Denver is not great by any stretch of the imagination. The Raiders certainly aren't. It just and, and the Chargers have been banged up, and I don't know how good the Chargers are going to be once they're back fully healthy, but give me your assessment of the West so far. Yeah, it's been a, a huge letdown. I mean, I remember coming on with you this summer and basically saying, yeah, whoever wins the West is, is going to be ready to make a deep run because they'll have been through a gauntlet of four very good teams. And the Raiders have underwhelmed. You know, they, they've struggled on both sides of the ball. You know, they finally get that win, so you, that's great to see from them. But hard to really buy into what they're doing. The Chargers, like you said, are so banged up right now. You look at Denver, and that offense hasn't performed the way we thought it would going into this season. You know, do we really consider them to be one of the better teams in the AFC? Probably not. They still have things to figure out. Kansas City does look great. Uh, I think the offense remains explosive, and I do think a lot of it, obviously Patrick Mahomes certainly helps. You mentioned MBS, some of the other new faces in the passing game, but that offensive line has played extremely well. What really interests me is of their seven runs of, I think, 20 yards or more this year, they've all come against single high coverage. And we talk so much about how defenses are playing with those two deep safeties. They want you to run the ball on the second. You drop that one of those two safeties down, that's when teams want to throw. Kansas City has had success running against single high coverage with those seven explosive runs against single high coverage because their offensive line has performed extremely well. And so as a whole, the division is underwhelming, to be sure, and I have questions about three of the teams. I don't have too many questions about Kansas City. I think the questions we had about would they stay as as explosive an offense as we've seen, they've answered that, and they've answered that in the affirmative so far through four weeks. The uh, the quarterbacks that have played well, haven't played well, uh, Bailey Zappi played well for coming in and being a guy nobody had ever heard of for uh, the New England Patriots. But other quarterbacks in the league, who's kind of starting to catch your eye, so to speak, who's starting to play well that maybe we had either written? I mean, I know Jimmy Garoppolo for coming in in the circumstances that he did this offseason. I think he's played pretty well. But give me some of the other quarterbacks that are catching your eye as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to give Zappi credit for coming into that situation. You know, a, a third-string quarterback, a rookie in his first NFL action, and, you know, suddenly he's thrust into that environment, that situation. So I think, you know, he does deserve, deserve some credit. But as far as other quarterbacks that have kind of played really well, Jalen Hurts does stand out. You know, obviously, the Eagles, they're 4-0, the only team that's undefeated left in, this, in the NFL. I think Hurts is a big part of that. You look at what he's done so far. You know, what he can do with his legs, what he's done with his arm, what he's done from the pocket. I think he deserves a lot of credit. And then, look, there's a group of three quarterbacks that, you know, if you had told me that they would be among some of the better performing, better producing quarterbacks through four weeks, if you told me these three guys would be up in that group, I would have thought something crazy had happened in the NFL, but maybe something crazy has happened because Jared Goff, Cooper Rush, Geno Smith, all three of those guys are playing really well right now. And I know, you know, with the Lions, the record, one and three, it's not where you Detroit fans would like it to be, but had a huge game this past week and a loss to Geno Smith and Seattle. Cooper Rush now, 
He's won the games that he started. I think he's 4-0 and as starting quarterback in the NFL. And I know QB wins, no, not really a statistic, but he's played well. And Geno Smith, efficiency numbers, the decisions he's made, you know, the way he performs week in and week out, he's been really impressive. And so those three guys, probably a bit of a surprise to see them, the way they've performed so far, but all three of them have played well. Got to ask you before I cut you loose, um, there's a lot of talk about Odell Beckham Jr. coming back from the ACL tear and a landing spot for him. Would it make sense, in your opinion, for the Packers to go after him? You know, I I think Odell is still a talented enough receiver that he would help almost any passing game. I think when you look at Green Bay specifically, you know, watching them on Sunday, obviously Romeo Dobbs looks to be the part, looks Getting on that same page with Aaron Rodgers, they found a way to get Watson involved. Lazard and Cobb certainly are important pieces for them, but added in that extra layer, that guy that like we saw last year with the Rams, that could be that backside dig option with so much cover two, two deep safety stuff, whether it's two, four quarters, quarter, quarter, half, however teams are running it, you want your concept to the front side, that backside dig in front of those safeties. That's how Sean McVay used him after they acquired him last year. It was a critical part of their run to the Super Bowl. And so I think certainly adding Odell Beckham would make sense for almost any NFL team, and I think he'd make sense in Green Bay as well. Great stuff as always, Mark. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Great. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can read his stuff there at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, at Mark Schofield. Great to get him on the program, as always. Always good to kind of pick apart uh, the NFL and look at it as a whole and uh, pick up some of his thoughts in regards to some of the other stories that are going on right now. Certainly appreciate his time. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Skipper Buds. It's where I took my boat. It's where I'm getting it winterized. It's getting wrapped, and then it's going to get stored, and they have it all going on right now. But the one thing I will tell you, if you're thinking about getting a, getting a floating vehicle for next year, they've got a lot of either trades or new boats that have come in. They have an inventory. So if you're looking for some year-end deals, man, now is the time to go. That's our friends over there at Skipper Buds. Call my buddy Todd, who's the general manager over there. Call Todd, 262-544-1200, 262-544-1200. Get a hold of him. Say, I'm looking to make a deal. What you got? Or call Kathy or Ryan back in service and get your boat scheduled. Or just drop it off and go see Kathy back in the service department. Say, hey, I want to get it winterized, want to get it wrapped, want to get it stored. Good to go. Sign your paperwork. Gone. There you go. And that way you don't even have to worry about it anymore. Good stuff from our friends over there at Skipper Bud. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. forward to it i see the progress over on facebook but stoley's hog alley right there off of 94 in summit out near oconomowoc is uh is nearing a completion as they continue the renovation i can't wait for that place to open uh, i'm so happy for jeff and alicia and the whole staff over there they're going to get like almost a, a brand new well-expanded place double deck all that kind of good stuff which i can't wait to have beverages and smoke a cigar up there 
but uh, it's it's going to be fantastic. Stop out there or Stolzol 109 up in Watertown, which uh, at some point you're going to see me in that direction because it's been a while since we've been there, but got to get over that direction. But good people and uh, great sponsors of the program, great sponsors of the motorcycle ride and our veterans. So thanks to Jeff and Alicia for being a part of the program, and thanks to you for supporting them. Uh, coming up here in just a few, going to have Lance Leipold. He is the head coach of Kansas, and we're going to hear from him. And he, uh, you know, kind of the program is 5-0, and and they've got a big one with TCU coming up this weekend. They are ranked in the top 20 in the country, depending on which poll you look at. He used to be at UW-Whitewater and uh, had a, a tremendous tradition there. Then he went on to Buffalo, got hired by Buffalo, and actually made that program relevant and did a terrific job. Then from there, he went to K- uh, Kansas, and he's been successful. He's had success, and he's uh, from right here in our own backyard. So we're going to talk with him. as a uh, college game day. Going to be uh, going to be hanging out for this one this weekend. So it's going to be exciting. We're going to talk with him coming up here in just a little bit. Um, the, uh, the, the question from yesterday, if you were paying attention yesterday, uh, the, <coughs> excuse me, the, uh, the phone call that I got going back to the spooky stuff, uh, I did check on it. Here is the weird part about it. And this is the only thing now I can, I can discuss when it comes to what the likelihood of yesterday was. So if you tuned into the program yesterday, I uh, talked about a phone call that I got the night before from a guy that uh, I had not talked to in probably 15 years. Uh, it was a, a, a guy and his wife, and they were friends of ours back when I was married to my, my second wife, Judy, years ago. I mean, uh, 15 years ago. And so this this couple that we kind of hung out with a little bit um, and then just lost touch with, I had not heard from in 15 years. He called me uh, the other night, and uh, I had mentioned the fact that I had called my ex-wife uh, just because we're all still friends. And I said, hey, have you heard from them in a while? I wonder why they're calling me. And she said, no, but I've been thinking about them. Actually, weird that you bring that up, uh, so let me know. So uh, then yesterday morning, she sent me a text and said, hey, look at your direct messages. Here's the reason why. And it's because he had died in July of this year. So I had talked about this just before I went on the air yesterday is when I found this out. So as we're on the air yesterday and people are saying, well, just call the number back. I did. It's disconnected. The update is the number's disconnected. Now, what I can assume is, as a buddy of mine put it, he said, you know, hey, there's times that he'll get text messages, you know, two weeks later after Somebody had texted him or a month later or whatever. Something gets caught in the system and it goes through and then it comes. Okay. I can go with that. But what explains the voicemail? Hey, it's Mark. Give me a call. What explains the voicemail? Maybe it was something that was stuck in the system, I guess, computer wise. I don't know. But then, excuse me, or. Maybe they were getting rid of his phone and they made some phone calls and it was either a son or somebody that was trying to let people know that he had passed, that maybe he had not talked to in years. I don't know. But the number I called yesterday, disconnected. How about that? There you go. 
Just wanted to give you the follow-up. Uh, two pieces of news and notes. Uh, one is that um, you've got Cole Beasley, the wide receiver for the uh, for the uh, Wisconsin for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cole Beasley has retired immediately, effective immediately. His agent, uh, Joel and Justin Turner, they say that uh, he's ready to be with his family after playing 11 seasons, and it's time to be a full-time dad and husband. How about that? An interesting statement, considering that Tom Brady decided to come back, which apparently that led to the blow-up between him and Giselle, who are now both seeking divorce attorneys. Interesting news and notes there. And then this, um, Madeline Burke, who covers the uh, Giants in New York, says that uh, Brian Dable, the head coach, says that he expects uh, Daniel Jones to practice some, and we're going to see where he's at after today. He's got the ankle and has made a lot of progress since Sunday. Tyrod Taylor will not practice today, but it's too soon to say whether or not he's going to be ruled out for Sunday's game. But... That is the uh, the word coming out of New York in regards to the quarterback situation for the Giants coming into the game this weekend. So interesting stuff. Tyrod Taylor had a concussion. Don't you think it would lead towards him not playing the fact they have to fly to London? Correct. I would agree with that. I did not think Tyrod Taylor was going to be available, to be honest with you. So that's that's just me, but I didn't think he was going to be available. At least that was kind of the thought when I was reading some of the New York Daily News and the New York Post yesterday was that he would not be available. Um, I can see that uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, are anticipating the trip to London. They're posting a lot of um, what they call uh, backgrounds for this trip. Uh, Wallpaper, if you will. For phones. Yeah. Yeah, they're posting a lot of that for phones right now. They got a shot of Big Ben. They've got a shot of an old style phone booth. They've got a shot of London Bridge on there. So pretty cool stuff. No Aaron Rodgers in the pictures. Is there problems? <laughs> Your calls next. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. Great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, Lance Leipold, head coach of Kansas, going to be joining us. We're going to touch base with him. It's been a while since we had a chance uh, had a chance to talk to him. He's, he's not been on this program since uh, we went to the new network, so it's going to be his first appearance on this network, but uh, looking forward to getting him on the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Great place, and if you're going to sit back, maybe you'll drink with a pinky out this weekend. You can talk like that, like maybe you're British or something. But that being said, uh, Forgotten Fire Winery, they don't care how you enjoy it, just enjoy it. And uh, sit back, relax, and maybe watch yourself a green and gold win this weekend. Whether it's the whites, the reds, the rosés, the ciders, everything they have it in Peshtigo at their winery, ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Going to the grocery stores, the liquor stores, the wine stores. Ask for it by name. Forgotten Fire Winery. Good stuff from our friends up there in Peshtigo. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Been a while since we've had a chance to talk to this guy. He is uh, 
He's had huge success here in the state of Wisconsin with the uh, UW-Whitewater program, then went on and had success in Buffalo. Now the 19th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks hosting ESPN's College Game Day and the 17th-ranked TCU uh, TCU team coming into town. Big one. And uh, Lance Leipold now joining us on the uh, on the hotline. Lance, how you doing, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. Good to hear your voice. How you doing today? You too. Uh, you are doing wonderfully. So I, I got to ask you um, about the progress of the football program this season. Let's start there first and foremost to get to from where you were to where you are right now. Well, you know, I think a lot of it started in the last three games of the last season. We we're, were able to pull an upset, win at Texas in overtime, played extremely well. You know, we go down there, we're one and eight. Um, you know, it's pretty well documented the, the struggles of this program over the last 10 plus years and trying to build confidence and, and things were, were kind of tough. That one kind of gave us a little boost, but it was really the next two weeks. We went back down to Texas, played TCU, lost close game I think by a field goal and then had lost by six to West Virginia at home. And But at that time, I think the players, after not having a spring uh, spring football with them upon getting the job in May and things they started to see. We were improving, understanding the scheme and system and expectations, and it kind of propelled itself into the off season. We were able to add some players through the portal and, and other means. And, uh, you know, and, and really the spark that Jalen Daniels gave us at quarterback it helped us a lot. And I knew we had improved, but I, I just didn't have any real idea until we, we got the thing kicked off in September. When you go about building a program and and taking it over, you had success at Whitewater. Different D three versus college uh, Division one. I. I mean, I, just the overwhelming task of wrapping your arms around the program, Lance. How how was that for you to transition from Whitewater to Buffalo and now to Kansas? Well, I, I think that there's a lot more to it, as you're alluding to. There's just so many more layers to a program at, at, at the FBS level. And, and then you add the Power 5 level of even an administration and other things. There's That's probably been the biggest adjustment each, each time for myself as a head coach. You know, the day-to-day stuff, I, I think, you know, within the – the realm of the coaching staff, especially, you know, because Brian Borland's been with me the whole time. Andy Kolnicki's been with me now for 10 years. Um, so we're, we're in a really good spot when it comes to the football aspect. And that's what we try to stay true to as much as we can with the players in the building process is, you know, these are the expectations. It doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. It doesn't matter what the standings say. This is what's expected of you each and every day when you walk in the building, and you're going to work better, hopefully, to improve yourself in some capacity when you arrive and throughout. And that might be in academics. It might be in something else. But those expectations never change. And I think that's one thing that helped us a year ago is that the consistency in which we, we were able to go about it with a, with a group of young men that had gone through a lot of changes, Bill. Uh, you know, I was a third head coach for many of the guys. We've had pos- guys that have had eight position coaches. And, uh, you know, that's hard to, you know, trust and buy in and do those things. So those are some of the more internal obstacles we had to overcome. The uh, it, It's got to be electric for the attention you guys are getting. You guys are doing, If correct me if I'm wrong, it's fill the hill this weekend, right, with college game day yeah. coming and every, all the students and stuff. You can't wait for that, right? 
Yeah, it must be Phil the Hill. I heard something about it, and then we walked from our our, our football building to to the uh, to our practice fields, and it, it's a short walk, but it, it's you know the hill is right there to the right of it as we walk out to the field, and they're they're trimming tree branches and moving tents and doing other things. So I guess it's going to be there, and you know we're one of the I don't, I'm not even sure of you know, of power five teams that had never had college game day. And, uh, and, and for this to happen for our program and our university, obviously our basketball program has been outstanding and been able to have those type of things, but to, to have it happen in a fall is, uh, is really neat. And I'm really happy for our program and, uh, and really our, our whole community. Let's go back to when you were at UW-Whitewater. I mean, obviously you had a ton of success there. You turned it over to Coach Bullis, who's done a terrific job with it as well. But when when you're there and you're dealing with kids that aren't scholarship, and it, like you said, it's a lot different, what is the – coaching is coaching, though, right? It's strictly fundamentals. It's execution. It's scheme. It's preparation. Coaching mm-hmm. is coaching, right? I, I believe so. I kind of said that on my arrival to Buffalo, football's football, and I don't know, it kind of got a little more legs than I anticipated that to be because when you don't win, they kind of bring it back up. But uh, I, I think the one thing that I, looking back, and even from my time playing at Whitewater, playing for Forrest Perkins and Bob Brezowitz, you know, the, the thing that I think that really keeps it uh, – pure i guess maybe at the division three level especially in in the wiac because you're truly paying your way and 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 doing it for the love of the game and i think one thing we tried to do and i'm sure kevin still does it is you know the whole thing is really optional nobody's making you do it it's not the way to make your your, you know help help your family get it you know that's going to alleviate a debt of, of for a college education so the passion and the reason to do it each and every day um, has to be internal. And then hopefully then the success of the team and, and being part of a team, it's his own type of fraternity. And those things are the other factors that you love being a part of it. But when you go into the coaching part, and this is one thing you learn, and I, I know the state of Wisconsin has a lot of these the type of people that are outstanding football coaches. Some some are teachers within the school system. Some are work in the community. And But like you say, when it's out there helping young men get better at the game, um, I'll still look at some of the guys that, that I worked with at Whitewater, and, and they would be able to do an excellent job here for us at Kansas. I uh, well, let me ask you this: How many people in the state of Wisconsin, friends and such, uh, that remember you from Whitewater, have reached out to you to say either one, congratulations, or two, hey, we're Kansas Jayhawks fans now? Because I, 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 I was telling a buddy of mine, I said, you know, when I when I got a hold of you, when you and I started texting, I said, you know, hey, I got a hold of Coach Lance, and he said, oh, does that mean you're going to start wearing Kansas gear now? Because I wore that Buffalo pullover for forever. I love that thing. So I said, you bet, man. I got some Kansas gear coming. That's right. We'll have to work on it. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and and I think that's one thing I feel extremely blessed about growing up in a small town, Jefferson and going to school, Whitewater and 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 whatnot. It's my my friends have always been my friends and 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 acquaintances through the time of coaching at Whitewater or whatever. Yeah, it's it's cool to see some of the whether it be people like yourself in the media, just even uh, reaching back out or, or college friends or, or really lifelong friends. And, and many of them have made it out to games and to come to support. And, um, you know, I try to get back to everybody the best I can. And hopefully if I've missed anyone, I apologize back there. But uh, because 
you never want to forget where you come from and, and, and the people that supported you even even through the toughest of times, and, and there were plenty of those as well. I know. I, I just listened to an interview uh, a while ago that Luke Fickle did uh, when he was approached by Michigan State not to leave Cincinnati and said, I just love it here. Sometimes it just feels good. Do you feel good in Kansas, Coach? Do you just feel like, ah, things are just really good and I'm just enjoying myself right now? Absolutely. We love it here. Um, we've always heard great things about Lawrence, Kansas. Um, while we lived in Nebraska, my wife's from Nebraska. Um, you know, we've, we've made enough moves in life, and our son is a sophomore in high school, and we're extremely happy with, with the community and, and, and everything from weather to whatnot. So it, it's been really neat in, in the short, what, 16 months we've been here. So, but it's, you know, and so. We feel very blessed along the way. Coach, whether it's Kansas and hopefully it's wherever you're happiest for the longest period of time, but we're always going to be fans of yours, fans of the program. Best of luck to you against TCU this coming weekend. I look forward to watching it on game day, and we'll talk again real soon, okay? Sounds good, Bill. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners, and uh, let's do it again real soon. Absolutely. Great stuff. Lance, appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. There you go. Lance Leipold. Head coach, sorry about that. I cut him off. Lance Leipold, head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Great to get him on the uh, on the air and uh, talk a little bit about what it takes to build the program, leaving the roots. In, like he said, you know, growing up in Jefferson, being a quarterback at Whitewater, being the head coach of Whitewater, moving on to Buffalo, then taking that program, and he ended up with a winning record at Buffalo, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I think he won over. I, I, I it wasn't like he was vastly. Uh, um, over 500, I think the first couple of years, as a matter of fact, were really, really rough. But then he ended up going to more than a few bowl games. He got that Mac East division title, a couple of them, as a matter of fact. And then uh, some bowl bids I know Buffalo had, got a lot of recognition, moved on to Kansas. And uh, now he's got the Kansas program in a short period of time, undefeated with a big matchup coming up against TCU this weekend. They've got Iowa State, another uh, rough matchup that's going to be on the docket uh, relatively soon, as a matter of fact, the seventh state, uh, or not Iowa State, um, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, uh, coming up here. I think the beginning of November, uh, they still got uh, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, all yet to go. Oklahoma yet to go, but he's got that program humming. So you know, it's 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 great to root for a guy from the area that can uh, that can have some success and still answers his phone, like he said. That's. That's fantastic. Good stuff from Lance Leipold, and we certainly appreciate his time on the program here, without a doubt. Um, yeah, they beat Iowa State last week. Thank you very much, Ben. Yeah, they beat Iowa State last week. It was uh, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys that they have coming up. That's a big game, too. This, you Go ahead, Ben. I also am just going to note that 5-0 and record, it's not a fraudulent 5-0. and They are winning no. big-time road games. They're beating big-time programs. Their quarterback, Jalon Daniels, is electric. Uh, and the Big 12's wide open. Like, like that's not mm-hmm. just a you coast through poor games kind of 5-0. and They're legit. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they you know, he goes back to that overtime game against Texas. That was, do you remember that game? That was a, yeah. a, a shoot, that was like an ESPN highlight reel. Oh, God. The, was, that, was that like 55-54 or something like that? Crazy? It was a crazy game. Yeah, they won it on a two-point conversion in overtime. And the fullback that caught the two-point conversion got a commercial, an NIL deal with Applebee's. And that became a national story. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. As an Applebee's guy, I was all over it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It was 50, uh, 57-56. 
last year, November 13th. Uh, uh, that was the 57-56. It was a shootout. I remember watching highlights on ESPN, and I texted Lance right after that. And I said, I can't even breathe. you got you got to be just sweating after that. And he just sent back an LOL and a thumbs up. But uh, man, what a what a what a what a start to his career, and hopefully he can continue that. Taking the uh, taking the piece of Wisconsin with him down to Kansas, yeah, so good stuff there. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our friends Paul Roberts and the gang at Roberts Specialty Meats. I know Saturday night and Sunday doing some grilling. Saturday night, got some friends coming over, going to do a couple of steaks on the grill. But Sunday morning, I'm getting up. I already planned my day because I'm not staying out late Saturday night because of the game in London on Sunday. Already planning the day, getting up early. I'm putting together an Al Capone roast and a rub and everything on Sunday morning early, like at 6. That way that thing should be about ready come halftime. So good stuff. I'm going to be heading down to Robert's Specialty Meats uh, probably when I get back on Saturday mid-afternoon. And saying hi to Paul Robertson again. You too, if you're going to be doing some tailgating, whether it's heading out to a Badger game, uh, what's left of the Brewers season, and or uh, heading down to or heading up to a, a Packers game, still some tailgating yet to go. Hit our friends up at Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha. Go to Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That is Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for their game in London against the Giants. Kickoff at 8.30 Wisconsin time Sunday morning. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari played 70 snaps in the overtime win over New England. Elton Jenkins, also returning from a torn ACL, has struggled some at right tackle. Have the Packers considered moving Jenkins to guard or maybe center and having Yash Nyman take over at right tackle? Matt LaFleur. That, that is something that we've definitely talked about, and we'll continue to do the best job we can in terms of uh, repping these guys throughout the course of the week and practice. And you know, but that is that is definitely been something we've talked about. We haven't made a decision on that yet. Packers safety Adrian Amos left Sunday's game with a concussion. The Giants lost several players in their win over the Bears. Quarterback Daniel Jones with a sprained ankle and backup Tyrod Taylor suffered a concussion a few plays later. So running back Saquon Barkley had a lineup in the Wildcat until Jones could hobble back into the game. I mean, I'm, I'm the quarterback, so like I said, it really, I think First of all, you got to give credit to DJ coming back in the game. Um, you know, that's he's, uh, I can't curse, he's a tough, you know what. The Giants also lost a defensive back, a defensive lineman, and wide receiver Kenny Galladay with a knee injury. Giants head coach Brian Dable on a conference call with reporters. Uh, Galladay, we'll see how it goes towards the end of the week. I'd say it doesn't look promising. Robinson, Henry Mondo, Aziz Ojolari, Kayvon. Let's go one at a time. All right, Mark Lewinsky. He should be okay. Uh, Aaron Robinson. Uh, probably not. Uh, Henry Mondo. Uh, probably not. Well, that's good news. It's not season ending then. Uh, nope. That's the Giants head coach, Brian Dable. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Absolutely. We love it here. Um, we've always heard great things about Lawrence, Kansas. Um, while we lived in Nebraska, my wife's from Nebraska, um, you know, we, we've made enough moves in life, and our son is a sophomore in high school, and we're extremely happy with, with the community and, and, and everything from weather to whatnot. So it, it's been really neat in, in the short, what, 16 months we've been here. So, but it's, you know, and so 
we feel very blessed along the way. The words of Coach Lance Leipold. He did say he loved growing up in Jefferson, playing at UW-Whitewater, coaching there. He said his time in Wisconsin, so many great people. Just can't say enough. But uh, loving, uh, loving Kansas right now. And uh, undefeated going into this going into this big one coming up against TCU this coming week. I just I wanted to get coach on and again uh, for those that didn't catch the very beginning of the show uh, transparency uh, the one thing he said look he said out of a lot of respect for uh, the people of Kansas uh, for coach Christ who he knows for the people in Wisconsin for uh, coach Leonard he said I am not going to talk about Wisconsin. He said it's just it's not fair it's not right. So just please, let's not go there. And so for those of you that are saying, how did you not ask him about it? That's the reason why. I just wanted to respect it. Uh, they just, he said, look, I, I've got too many, too many good things going right here right now. I don't want to create any kind of a distraction. And, and he's right. I, I wanted to get him on to just talk because obviously he's a Wisconsin guy who is making really good right now. And uh, to just discuss, I, you know, he did talk about Wisconsin a little bit. There's a way to kind of get into it without getting into it. But for those that wanted the direct question, that was part of the preface of when we started texting and he said he'd love to come on the program. He said, just please don't ask me about that. I just just respect that. And I did. So you got to. He said that uh, he just didn't want to didn't want to create any problems right now, whether it was uh, down in Kansas or, um, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Chris just being fired or, you know, Coach Leonard, as he put it, um, you know, just taking over. He didn't want any shadows, anything on the program. He just, he just don't want any fuel to the fire that's already spinning out there. So uh, there it is. 877-867-1670, 877-1670, uh, there you go. Can I make a uh, proposition here, Bill? Yeah, go ahead. Would you like to join me in adopting Kansas as our new football team this year? I know you're kind of an Ohio State guy, but... Yeah, I, I look. I I was I wasn't lying um, when Coach uh, went to Buffalo. Uh, I was sitting in my office one day, and I said, "Bill, you got a package." And he sent me a whole load of Buffalo gear, and I wore Buffalo gear throughout the season. I wore it during their their bowl games. Um, yeah, I was I was a Buffalo fan, and you know, it's kind of like when you, you, people always say, "Well, do you follow this team? Do you still follow this team? Do I still follow the Reds?" So I, look, there's a lot of people that used to work with the organizations that are gone. I follow the people. You know, I I was fans of the people. I hope the people do well, and I was I was always, um, you know, I was always happy that you know Lance went on to bigger and better things I was when they were in the dollar general bowl man I I sat down I I think it was like a whole pizza that day I sat and watched that game beginning to end I had friends saying what the hell why are you watching the dollar general bowl it was because I wanted to see his team win you know I think they went to uh I think Buffalo <coughs> excuse me I think <laughs> Buffalo went god it was um the Bahamas bowl or something in the Bahamas, the what was that? Uh, the island, uh, not the Island Bowl. What the hell was it named? Paradise. The Bahamas Casino Bowl. Bowl. Uh, is it called the Bahamas Bowl? Okay, I believe it has uh, changed, I, but yes, it was. Yeah, I think it's changed, but it, it, I think that's what it was. But uh, they got a win there, and I rooted like hell for them then too. I that was that's like when bowl season gets going. I kind of always peruse to see who I know and what I what I want to kind of root for. But so yeah, if I I as a matter of fact, I was, Kristen and I when last week she ordered um, some Patriots gear 
for the game this past weekend up at Lambeau. And when she did, I said, hey, do me a favor. And I got a, um, a Kansas uh, pullover, Kansas Jayhawk pullover. So I just support Lance, man. He said, he's such a good guy. Ben, when they won the national title for UW-Whitewater, I kind of made a joke. I said, you know, when you win the title, you got to bring the trophy to me so I get to touch it. They won it. He, they got it presented to them. And no more than he got back after the flight home, the next day he was at the studio with the trophy and said, here you go. I still got a picture of it. He's just, he's just such a good guy. I don't even know how else to explain it. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. The Bill Michaels Show continues on. This portion of the program brought to you by like Great Lakes Dragaway. Go to GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com and see all that they have to offer. And if you want to get your speed on after the game comes Sunday, you could even do it down there at Great Lakes Dragaway. They got a lot of open track. So if you want to run a little bit, there you go. Good stuff. GreatLakesDragaway.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.